Well, hello, folks, and welcome to We the People. It's the American Soccer Podcast in which you experience tragedy and heartbreak while getting to know everything that you wish you never knew at all about the U.S. men's national team. I'm Clayton, and I am a rapper. I'm Ty, and I'm sorry I got you into this. (laughs) And we still love the Nats. Win or lose, baby. We're with you. We love it. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. I guess we love it. We sometimes hate it. Uh, we love it. We love it. We love it. And where you go, we'll... <laughs> love it or hate it. The underdogs just lost. Uh, guys, <laughs> guys, the game was USA versus Mexico in the Gold Cup final. It doesn't get any juicier than that if you are a men's Nats fan. And sadly, it didn't work out for us this time. We'll talk all about it. Thank you for joining us as usual. Remember, rate and review us with five stars. That makes a boatload of difference for us in our trajectory. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at WTP Pod if you're trying to kick it and commiserate because it's uh, a sad time to be a fan of the this men's team. And if you uh, if you d- do nothing else um, this week, just tell a friend, please. Uh, make sure you mention it to a friend that that we are doing this, that they are not alone. Uh, that losing to Mexico is something that we are all experiencing uh, this week. In addition to, uh, in addition to, of course, winning the actual World Cup. But enough on that for now. We are all in this together. So please tell your friends about this awesome, awesome, fun time show that we're doing, and let's all get together in this journey moving forward. End of housekeeping. <laughs> Folks of us, the game was USA versus Mexico. Let's line them up because uh, the, the, the lineup, in fact, might be just about the best part of this game recap. Uh, it, it was, it's so, so let's dive right into it. First and foremost, usually start with both gloves. Today, I'm going to start with, as it was revealed in the broadcast, Captain Wes. It's your boy, Captain Wes. Never thought I'd see the day, honestly. How pumped were we when this appeared on our... Our TV box. So pumped. I could not have been more pumped. Watch this young man with the armband. Ugh, and I had and somehow had not thought of it as an actual possibility, right? I figured by the time these guys make it to, to the captaincy above above uh, stalwart captains like Tim Ream and Aaron Long, and Aaron Long uh, yeah. that it would be Tyler real Adams. Leadership material. Yes. I exactly. figured Tyler Adams would get that band first and it would just never end up on McKenney's arm. But we saw it today, uh, or the other day, we saw McKenney with the armband coming out the tunnel to play Mexico. So, uh, around the field, we got what we wanted, which was that, turns out, Greg agreed with us that this was a better starting lineup, which means both gloves to Zach Steffen. Uh, in center back, we're going to have the other Franco, Matt Miazga, as well as Aaron Long, the rat tail. On the left, we're going to have Tim Ream, out of his depth, but uh, attempting to float by way of buoyancy of facial hair. And then in the right back, we saw Reggie Cannon. Reggie, the soccer player formerly known as Cannon. In the midfield, it was Bradley, Polisic, and Captain Wes. Cap Wes, 
Uh, he's got a lot of captain in him, although we wouldn't actually see too good of a showing from the young man. On the left side, it's it's the it's Greggy B's Pookie Baby, Paulie Ariola Nips. On the right side, it's Jordan Morris taking Tyler Boyd's starting spot for real now. And then, of course... Beta. The beta male, Jordan Morris. And then, of course, the original alpha, the second coming of Josimer Altador uh, at Stryker. Guys... This game started out so awesome. The possessed body of Josie Altador. Yeah. Yeah. This game started out great. It started with a slew of U.S. chances, including Pulisic getting stopped by Ochoa. The, as Ty mentioned, the possessed Josie Altador. The best game we've seen from Josie Altador in not a not a joke, probably 15 years. He was out there just shredding, got himself a chance that didn't quite go in, uh, and then we also saw some Jordan Moore action and then later on but I'll batch it in with the chances that wouldn't be we saw a Polly Areola get a ball squibble out to him and he had a tight angle and gave it a shot and it didn't quite go in so the beginning of this game folks was looking pretty cool uh, I thought back to asking Ty what would we see if after first 15 minutes we thought the US might win this thing and that's exactly what we saw in the first 15 minutes a pretty clear plan a pretty up-tempo pace and a lot of players playing well once again, Josie Altador out of his fucking mind. And then... Unreal. Slowly, so chances go a-begging. Slowly but surely, methodically, the Tata Martino plan plays out exactly uh, as he would have wished. Slowly, the Mexican team found their way back into this damn game. I'm pissed about it, if you can't tell, uh, still, and will be for days. Just crept their way back into the possession stats, started getting some shots. We go into halftime, nil-nil. Our Fairnats would come back from halftime, not out of this game, but no longer in it quite in the same way that they were. Uh, and it would only go downhill from there. At around the 60th minute, we saw a Greg Burhalter whose opinion was officially at neutral for having started the right starting lineup overall tournament wise our opinion of him we saw our yeah. opinion of him thank you uh was was at neutral and in just 10 minutes uh it plummeted back down to the depths of despair uh 10 minutes in which he subbed in none other than christian roldan at right wing for a not that bad jordan morris and then giassi zardes for a a an angelic Peak performance, Josie Altador. For team of the week, 95, Josie Altador. Yeah, dude. In that moment, when Giassi's artist comes out, my brother saith to me, Greg just lost us this game. I didn't want to believe it, but in the in, in, in about 10 minutes later, Jonathan Dos Santos would sink one chance of many. This, was, this chance looked just like all the others. There were probably six for the Mexican national team. This one went in, Jonathan... Received the back heel and uh, put it away nicely right around our obviously starting Manchester City Zach Steffen. Uh, and it was 1-0 and it would stay 1-0. And guess what didn't happen after that? Chances of any kind. Really? Any kind you're, of rhythm. So you're telling me if you... He brought in Roldan and Zardes and the chances weren't flying? Correct, it, sir. It wasn't, it wasn't just a conveyor belt of, of XG? And if it didn't hurt badly enough already, uh, in the last 10 minutes of this one, at the death, 
Our boy Tim Ream would come out for one. Daniel Lovitz, the Team difference desperate, maker, desperate the impact sub. Impact Daniel sub. Lovitz came in. And guess what? Still didn't happen. More chances. We lost, guys. We lost to Mexico. one nothing in a game we could have won. And Burhalter's back on the fucking burner. Ty, what were your first impressions? The U.S. had a one-game tournament. The way that this Gold Cup broke down. We didn't face a really strong team until the final. The numbers on the record are going to cover the fact that this was a disappointing tournament that started with a perplexing roster, continued through a perplexing 11 that Greg eventually managed to fix, uh, to our satisfaction, certainly, and performances improved. Uh, And then Greg showed his true colors in the end and gave up our best chance of winning the game. So it's harsh because they played... 600 minutes of soccer or whatever. But that last 30 minutes just confirmed that he's not the right guy to move us forward. That, that, that the team's not headed in the right direction with him in charge. Yeah. You, you can't consider this whole gold cup, a body of work, unfortunately, because the games that we played previously just weren't competitive. So that, that's the sad reality. We, we are, a firm second place in the region. Not even. We're firmly not first, that's for sure. Uh, I, I'm, I would suspect we might have lost to Costa Rica in similar fashion, you know. And the team has a total, total lack of, of, of a reality check with regard to how good the players are. Uh, yeah. And that, 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 the, the coach seems completely out of sea. Go, going going at sea, going into the tournament, we said that his talentometer was broken, and I was starting to think, oh, maybe his talentometer is getting recalibrated, uh, but no. So, and in the end, the the, the bad roster choices combined uh, and conspired with the bad subbing patterns and choices to to uh, essentially give up any chance we would have had of coming out of this game with our heads held high. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pissed with any sort of, uh, kumbaya. They tried hard reading of this situation. This was a disaster. We, we, we threw away a chance to beat Mexico with, with the way that we treated the second half. Uh, and it's totally unacceptable. Greg coached us right off this field. And here's the thing, y'all. A one nothing loss to Mexico in this final is actually not uh, particularly shameful. Mexico is a better team than us right now. We never expected to win this Gold Cup. It's not about losing. It's about the fact that Greg handed them the game at the end of this. And so... 100%. To, yes. to, play, to play Christian Roldan in that why, situation... Why play? Why, why bother? Why are we bothering? Why are we bothering? It doesn't make sense... It was, and it's, and it's just so disheartening to that. What, what sucks about this is that we could have, we could have won this game. And even if we lost it, won nothing, but you kept Josie Altador on the field. Maybe you brought on Tyler Boyd and did sort of like a, a, a three, three, four type of deal where like Jordan Morris slots something to get our, our, 
our better players uh, on the field and try to attack this, something other than what we actually saw. Um, would we, There was a world in which we lose this game and leave this Gold Cup saying, not so bad. Uh, but that last 20, 30 minutes, uh, Greg showed us why we should and can and must and will be pissed about this for a while until we see something to contrast with it until we're convinced yes. otherwise yes. we will be pissed yes. about this and it's ridiculous our hopes and our fears all uh came true in the worst ways so our our my my fear that michael bradley would would show his age really came true in this one um he he wasn't horrible it was one of his better games of the tournament but he was not locking it down and a lot of the mexican chances came from michael bradley's defensive uh, area of responsibility to that exact point what's what's our option there you know michael's not having a good game who do we have well we have trap trap has already shown that he can't handle this level so we're we're in a spot where you look at the bench and you think none of these are reasonable options to put into the game yeah. which means that the roster was just egregiously badly constructed yeah. you you ended up with half the roster where you don't even want them in a game like this and as I said, this is a one-game tournament. You you have right. to construct your roster to beat Mexico in the final, that period. So period. the fact that we, we had players who you can't even envision bringing in in that situation, and that the, the players that Greg did pick uh, still are hard to imagine ever making an impact in a game like this. It's 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 a travesty. And Eric Palmer Brown is is across an ocean, prepared to play that position. Hey, Alfredo Morales. Alfredo Morales. Some Somebody who's, you know... Who's at, who's at least faced talent? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, you know, of course, people will say that uh, you know Dos Santos plays in MLS, right? So, so Trap has played Dos Santos. Maybe Trap it can can hang. Um, but just on the basis of what we saw uh, in in the time that that Trap's been on the field for the U.S. and been counted on to to you know come up in big moments, he he can't. He just can't. Um, he so. cannot. Our another one of our hopes for this one was a Polisic wonder moment. It happened, and he missed, or he, he didn't missed. miss, but he he didn't put on a you know he it wasn't it was a savable shot. If you're if you're one on one with the with the keeper five yards out and you cost sixty million dollars, you should score. So yeah. I think I think the bar has to be higher for him than than others. I don't. I certainly don't count it against. Uh, against um Areola missing that 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 kind of uh odd chance from the giveaway. Yeah. Um the the Altidore one, I feel like that's, you know, that's the reason why we want to move on from Altidore. You know, we 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 love we love uh we're firmly in the camp of Altidore over Zardes, but that that's, you know, rock hard place kind of situation. <laughs> uh and in this particular game Josie was playing out of his mind, which is why it was it was total suicide to take him out. Uh, but you know, in general, like that's that's what he does. He gets into good spots. His finishing is just okay. Sometimes it works out. Usually against worse opponents. Doesn't score against Mexico very often. Can't remember. Maybe maybe once. Uh, so you know, it's just it's it's incredibly disappointing to end up in a situation where you feel like the the tournament was there for the taking. I didn't think this Mexico team was particularly good, and all of these little dumb decisions came back to bite us. And, you know, that extends also to, to the players because it's not just the coaching. I thought, you know, my fear, my explicit fear going in was the, 
the lumping it up to Josie mentality, oh my God, yeah. which we started seeing, you know, coinciding with the uh, loss of our um, dominance in that first 15 minutes. We just started seeing everybody, Miazga, Long, Bradley, Reem, um, Reem, just, just lumping balls up. Just to to anybody, to nobody. Stefan even. Stefan. Stefan barely trying to play out of the back because he's he's probably so in his head about all the mistakes that he made in those friendlies. I mean, you know, we we have a model of play from what we know that doesn't involve that ball. You know, and we didn't see that ball in the tournament until the team was really under pressure. We didn't even do you remember that friendly against Chile where we we almost never saw that ball. Which means, and, th- and there were some heart attacks at the back, no doubt. But that's that's why we did that, was to kind of get that out of our system and, and you know, try to settle so that we could actually pull this off in a, in a, in a big game. And it's, it's just exactly what Mexico wants. I mean, I'm, you know, literally, like, if they could decide what Stefan should do, they would say, boot it long. <laughs> it's the very best thing that can happen for Mexico. So the count- so, I'm going to push you on this a little bit. I was pissed about the long balls as well. But the counter-argument for that is that Tata's Mexico, uh, which sounds like an incredible restaurant, um, <laughs> they, they, they press, they send, the five, six, <laughs> they send five or six players to press the defense as they try to pass it around. And so the counter-argument is that we're not looking for a ball lumped up to no one. We're looking for a 20-yard looper that lands at at Weston McKenney's feet. And so perhaps these players were attempting to do that and their execution was poor enough that it looked like a random dump. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, didn't, didn't look like it to me. Uh, I, I would love for that to be the case. I mean, that would be clever. Um, it's, that's the perfect way to, to play against the press is to just, you know, chip light passes into an empty midfield. Um, I didn't think Mexico pressed us particularly hard. Uh, it was the same thing where just like the presence of an opponent in the vicinity causes our players to freak out. And, you know, I feel like when I watch these these crunch moments, these these big games, you just see them revert to under tense. So and quick. You you hear the coach, you hear the coach saying, Boot it, Aaron, boot it. Zach, what are you doing? Get the ball out of there. <laughs> kind of sounds like a Greggy B a little bit. Uh, now, Greggy B, Greggy B is philosophically on the other side of this. You know, he's he's fighting the good fight in this regard. And his his Columbus Crew teams did play, you know, successfully on the ground and and you know had this had this nice slick model of play. But when we're when the U.S. are are in these crunch moments, it, it's just kind of what we revert to, and that's. I, I don't see that going away anytime soon. I mean, I think the U20s are showed better than the the men's national so team in this regard. Uh, the game against France, for instance, you know, I think they were still attempting to to play the ball, even though it was a, a an uphill battle. And with time running out, you know, the clock is going. It was like seventy. You know, after the goal in the seventy first oh, yeah, yeah, or absolutely. something, it was it absolutely. was all yeah. lumps. It was just lumps into the box. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, it's like I mean, that is not a quicker way to score there's there's a reason why you don't do that in the first minute and don't do it just because you're down one exactly yes this this gets at a core fallacy of soccer strategy which is that when you have a limited time to score teams try to score in the fastest way possible so they think 
we've got a five, we've got five minutes. We want to score fast. So you think, what's the fastest way to score? Well, you kick it to the striker and the striker kicks it in. That's the fastest way to score. But you don't want to try to score fast. You want to try to increase your odds of scoring in the time you have remaining. Right. And in theory, you're playing a certain strategy from the start because you think it gives you the best chance of scoring in any given minute, right? So you, you play a certain way because you think it's good for your team. If you think that playing the ball straight up to Josie is the best way to play, then you should be doing that from minute one. And it, it's clearly not. You know, that, that doesn't work. It doesn't work at this level, and, you know, it's, it certainly doesn't work against Mexico. Um, so that, that we, we can get into that on our fallacies show, but that's a very, very common one. Uh, yeah. and you know, like just thinking about the U 20s, like the, the goal to, uh, from, from Renix against France, you know, it's like movement through midfield, dest overlapping run, big dest shot and rebound and in, and you know, it's, this isn't, they're, they're, they're not just, they're not just booting it to Soto and hoping Soto, you know, find some random header. It, no. they're, they're still just playing their game and you, you design your game plan to defeat the opponent. So in theory, in the 90, you know, 89th minute, it's the same exact thing. So, uh, very disappointing, a frequent pattern that, you know, pisses me off to no end as a USMNT supporter. Um, and something, you know, I think is, is culturally ingrained. So, but the solution there, you know, if I'm the coach, the solution there is to get more of these guys involved. And if it's not the ones who went to the tournament, I mean, let's get some of the ones, think about some of the ones who didn't go to the tournament. You know, I, as as uh, the U.S. is deciding whether to bring on <laughs> Christian Roldan as a, the emergency right winger uh, over Tyler Boyd, which is perplexing. But then you think that Jonathan Amon didn't make the U-20 roster or the senior roster. One of one of the more talented winger prospects in the pool, somebody who could absolutely come in and destabilize a defense. Uh, and when we're bringing in Giassi Zardes, for the love of God, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> to try to snag a goal, you know, the 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 critical goal against Mexico, and you think that Josh Josh Sargent's been at home all summer, didn't play for the twenties, didn't play for the seniors. That's pathetic. That, that's that's an epic amount of mismanagement at every level. Every, everyone who is involved in the process of getting this roster together messed it up somehow, and so that's how we ended up in this situation. It's just it's it's tough to tough to watch, um, and you know what's even tougher is just knowing that this mediocrity would be absolutely accepted, and that because we made the final against Mexico and it wasn't a, a blowout, that Greg's going to keep his job until he does something, you know, just so egregiously bad that the locker room decides to fire him, you know, it's just right. like, it's, it's absurd. So sorry. It's a dark, dark day for me. I'll be back. I love the Nats. I really do. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I support, you know, I, I think we have good players. I think we, our, our talent level is good overall, but I think yeah. we're just really not getting the most out of it. Not even close. Uh, and don't get us wrong. No one would have liked to see Giassi's artist slot home the equalizer more than us. There's we're Hell we're yeah. not get like, in Giassi. When it comes down to game time, and we're watching, we're in between the sticks, so to speak. There's I'm all Giassi all day. I'm I'm crying for him. I'm screaming for him. But uh, you know, when it comes to pod time, you gotta you gotta get real about why this happened. 
And it's, it's clear that there's something wrong with the choices, with the way in which these choices are being made. A couple bright spots uh, worth mentioning before yeah, we look to the, to the future. Reggie Cannon found his oh way into this team. God. He was never supposed to be on the <laughs> roster. An yeah. injury brought him in. And the guy found the field, kept his position on the field, and looked really good during Mexico. Fantastic. He did. He yes. played exactly the way if we want we wanted him to. And if there was a oh, Reggie, yeah. if there was a mirror image Reggie Cannon on the other side instead of Tim Ream, I think we have a decent shot at uh, scoring a couple goals in this game. Like Anthony Robinson, <laughs> yeah, like the one on the bench huh. <laughs> <laughs> at home. <laughs> They left Anthony Robinson at home to play Tim Ream at left back. You fucking fools. Are you kidding me? Okay, anyway, sorry. Uh, Reggie, huge Reggie bright spot. Look great. Looks awesome. He's got the sauce. Uh, he's got a future. I'm so glad that this this was for him a, a coming out tournament. I think he's going to oh, be yeah. considered as a part of this team moving forward because of this. And yeah. thank God, because we didn't get to give Jonathan Amon that opportunity uh, we didn't get to give Josh Sargent that opportunity, but someone did get it, and it's Reggie Cannon, and we're happy about that. Another yep. bright spot is that Berhalter changed his starting lineup. Yes, which he means did. so he was at the end of the day. Let's see, it's a it's a, you, you get a rating negative ten being the worst, ten being the best. I think he was he ended with about a negative eight here, maybe negative seven point five. Uh, but if he didn't change his starting lineup, we'd be talking about a negative ten. Yes. So yeah, that uh, lineup might have might have lost to Jamaica. Definitely would have lost by more. Yeah. To to Mexico, it would have been a, it would have been terrible. Yeah. So he's exhibits at least some ability to pick up on these things that we're seeing out here and implement them. So it's not unreasonable to think that he might change our mind in the future. He may figure yeah. things out slowly totally, and over time. Totally. Yes. Our opinion, his grade changes uh, not one iota until we see something better. Um, but I'm not, I, I'm not convinced that we won't see something better. Is that, does that sound positive? Sure, sure. I mean, I, I will say, I, I think he's a good manager. I mean, he, he managed Columbus well. He implemented strong ideas. He instilled a style of play that was distinctive and effective. And he he dealt with a you know relatively uh, modest payroll. I think you know bottom half of the league, and and was able to compete with player with with teams that had you know superstars. Uh, I think he's a smart guy. He's very tactically astute. His analysis of what happens in games is good. Um, so I I I think yeah absolutely he can he can turn it around. He can you know recover and and show us what led him to be considered a strong candidate in the first place. Uh, but as you said, you know, until we see it, we have to be in the camp of let's get someone else in. So Yeah, which I um, am. Yeah, yeah. So I, now, I have no expectation to see that, uh, but I am in that camp. Can yes. we give the people something to look forward to? Yes, when is when is Greg's when is Greg's to opportunity to change our mind? When is his opportunity to capitize Serginho Dest for Christ's sake? Oh my god, yeah. So, IX first team in friendlies, by the way. We'll get to that. Um, God, this is getting terrifying. This is so... I mean, Jonathan Dos Santos on the bench versus Mexico, you know, would have been incredible coming in for an aging Mike. Jonathan Gonzalez, you mean. Uh, Pardon me, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So, so too would have 
uh, Jonathan Dos Santos. Not out of the realm of possibility, <laughs> yeah, by the way, if our scouting was better. Um, but, uh, just, okay, yeah, so just, just to be clear. Mexican players in at age five. And, yeah. it's, it's possible. That's what they did to Jonathan Gonzalez. <laughs> um, so, all right, so my point was Jonathan Gonzalez would have been great to see. Uh, it's not long until we're, we're talking about a Serginho Dest starting for Ajax, going to Tottenham, doing amazing things, and this guy is not very much not cap-tied. Oh, yeah, and he, he's he good. He good. He damn so, good. What we have looking forward to, the national, the, the, the uh, senior team has six games lined up for the fall. They have two friendlies in September. They have two Nations League games in October, and then two more Nations League games in November. So that means that they will have the chance to cap tie players for the Nations League. More importantly, in, I think it's in the fall, the U.S. has the Olympic qualifying tournament. I woke up this morning. I was upset about the game. I was just, I had the realization that now we are really all in on the Olympics. Nothing is more important to U.S. soccer and to Greg's stated mission of restoring faith and excitement about this national team than doing well in the Olympics, something that Americans love. Imagine the cultural impact if, let's say, the men and women both, let's just say, medal at the Olympics in soccer. How, how great would that be for raising the collective psyche of the team? And by the way, people who don't follow soccer have no idea that the Olympics is not considered a big deal, right? So if you just say... The Olympics won the X medal at the uh, the 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 U.S. men won won a medal at the Olympics. That would definitely move the needle. I mean, I don't know if it would you know win lots of news cycles or get us on lots of you know late night TV shows or whatever like the women, but it's got a shot absolutely. And what's great about the situation with the team right now is we have this lost generation, which means there's very few good. 25 through 29-year-olds. It's the Ariola Zardes contingency. Conundrum, yeah, yeah. Well, more more. uh, What happened to Breck Shea? Exactly. What in the world happened to Breck Shea? So we have this huge gap. And what that means is that actually a decent chunk of our best players are Olympic eligible. You know, our our three best players are under 23. Uh, In case you don't know... The way the Olympic tournament works is that you have an under-23 team and you get to bring three overage players. And in our case, I think you could construct a reasonable sort of first-choice USM&T with those parameters. You know, you, you maybe bring in, you bring in a Brooks, you bring in, I don't know, Stefan, and then Josie maybe? I don't know, someone. And you can pretty much you can find good options in the under twenty three set for yeah. for all of the other positions. Yeah, I think so, Bradley over Josie, but yes, sure, sure, so yeah, someone like that, yeah. And so th- that means that this tournament is a giant opportunity. The problem is, <laughs> the problem is Clayton, you have to qualify for the Olympics. There's only two. Uh, there's two and a half slots. Actually, let's see, where's the Olympics in Tokyo? Okay, it's either two or two and a half slots for Concacaf. Um. And so, and you have to qualify on a non-FIFA date. So the way it works is they play the CONCACAF U23 championship. 
and you can't use your European-based players because they won't get released. Many of them would get released to play in the tournament, I think most. But to, for qualifying, we can't use Adams, McKenney, and Pulisic because it, it occurs during the club season. So we have to rely on essentially the, the, the U20 team plus uh, some of the, the more standout MLS players who, who've been doing well. So it's going to be tight. But what I want to see from Greg is I want to see him take charge of the Olympic team and not delegate it to a underling. I want him to see the Olympic team as the priority for the U.S. men's national team right now. It is the U.S. men's national team. It's the most important thing we have going in the next 18 months. Um, So I want to see in these friendlies, I want to see no one over 23 (laughs) or a maximum of five players on the roster who would potentially take up those overage player slots. And that's it. Uh, And then in this nation's league, uh, these nations league fixtures, we're going to be playing small countries. It's the first round. I think it's perfect time to integrate all these great dual nationals that we've been playing at, at youth level to throw in guys like, uh, you know, Chris Gloucester, Chris Richards, players who really, really impressed in that tournament. Paxton Pomacall, give him the keys in midfield uh, in real competitive matches, especially away from home, and just throw him in and see how they do. And, you know, worst, worst thing that can happen is we don't do well in the Nations League, which no one cares about because it hasn't existed ever. So, and it's a competitive match, and it gives, it's a perfect opportunity to, to train the team. So... I want the Olympic team to be the U.S. men's national team until the Olympics have passed. And then at that point, we return to, you know, normally scheduled programming. Yeah, this is a little bit of like how in the in the European club world, the under 19s are the players that are cusping for the for the team and the under 23s or whatever it is are the players who aren't or who are like a level below that. Yeah, they're moving so we're, on. Yeah, yeah we're, we're talking about a senior national team that is sort of our B plus and then a under twenty three team that's our A squad. Yeah, exactly. That's the the not necessarily by skill. You know, if you could theoretically play them against each other, like I sure hope that the the over twenty three included team would win. Um, but the but by importance and by relative focus, like I would I'd prefer for the head coach of the national team to not coach the national team, you know, like if we're playing some, some random uh, match where it's like, you have to win, you're, you're supposed to win, you're supposed to bring everybody and, and, you know, age, age, uh, age aside. Uh, I would rather the national team coach just be focusing on cultivating our young players because it's going to be the backbone of our team later on. And there's always going to be fine MLS players, you know, find 25, 26 year old MLS players to bring in. Like you're always going to have a Daniel Lovitz. There's just, there's they they grow on trees in MLS. <laughs> These guys. Yeah. That's why you... we love it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like the, there's no, there's no need to focus on, you know, tuning the last 2% out of Daniel Lovitz. You know, it's just, just not impactful long-term for the progress of the team. All right. And uh, if if we could all have our hopes and dreams come true, maybe maybe Greggy's out in two days and Tab takes over as national Great. team coach. Oh, my God. Fantastic. Oh, my God. Sign me up. I'm, I'm, I'd be good with that. We may as well put it out there. It doesn't always seem possible to have the things that you want, but if you don't admit to yourself that you want them, it's definitely impossible. So I hope that Tab takes over by Friday. The secret. 
<laughs> it's no longer a secret. All right, folks. Wisdom. <laughs> it's been held for me by the Illuminati. You know that, right? It has, yeah. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. When we're what? down a goal and we look to the bench, we say, Danny boy, it's your time. <laughs> it's your time to shine. <laughs> Uh, I love it when the when there's a when a t-shirt is a joke. I've made a rule with myself not to wear jokes. Uh, I think that's a matter of self-respect. Um, but when for for others when they wear jokes, I love it. Uh, I also <laughs> <laughs> I love it when uh, I find something in the pantry that I forgot about. You know, some some peanuts, some snack bars, something to get you through. You don't actually have to go to the store. You're all good. Um, I love that. And I also love it when I realize that I had an extra hour in my day because I scheduled something an hour early uh, thinking, or I scheduled some, I put something on my calendar an hour before it was actually set to occur. So I find myself with an extra window. Love it. But I don't love any of that stuff as much as I hate Daniel Lovitz. No, just kidding. As much as I love We're the Nats. We're fine with you, dude. We're fucking <laughs> fine with you. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people.